Now you was everything that I that that I, that, I, that I like. You know, I like chocolate women. I like women with big lips, big butt. Doesn't matter what the size of the breast is. That's what I like. But I was attracted to you coming from all the way down there. I didn't know what was going on. Coming all the way down there and um, grabbed that paper and um, and gave it to me. Say, hey, you dropped this. I would never ever. I would never ever get that image out of my head because that's what I was like. That's why I said to you, I'm gonna marry you. <laughs> Not because, and I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but at the age of 13, and I was I was 13 when that happened. At the age of 13, I already knew what I want. I needed somebody to be able to do stuff like that. Me. I was attracted to your service that you would come that you would literally stop whatever you're doing like you could have looked down there and, and went <laughs> on about your business but you came all the way down and, and here's the thing about that about you you have not stopped coming from the risers to come down to see about So, today we're going to tackle, uh, this is part three of the vows, and um, today we're going to tackle a issue, a personal issue that we, uh, we know all too well. that we all too well, um, and, and had to keep the vow, and that vow is, and hopefully we'll get to both of them, and I'll finish this out, because it's part three. This one is sickness and in health. We know this one all too well, and if we get to, and if we get some time, we'll go to um, to love and to cherish, um, to death do our part, death do us part. I think we can. I think we can. I think we can do it. Um, last time we were together, we really discussed uh, for richer for poor. Um, listen. Go back on that video yeah, watch and that. really watch it because that is something that the enemy um, comes after, especially the believers and especially African American um, marriages. Um, the richer for poor finances is something that the enemy is going to attack you in. This specific one that we're going to talk about today, um, it, it's not always going to happen um normally this vow comes like at the end yeah after you've been together for a after you've been for yeah after you've been together for a while um <laughs> and you know when you're getting up in age in your 60s and your 70s and your 80s and your 90s that pretty much is when uh this really kind of really uh plays in uh, comes into play now, but not normally, once you get around that age and around that, you know, uh, that time in your marriage, 
it's like we ain't going away anyway. So it's like, <laughs> like we gonna stick it out. You we, you you in your eighties, I'm in my nineties, and blah 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 blah. But there are times where this vow um, really really comes to play sometimes in marriage because sometimes it happens early and um, sickness and health sickness is something that we both know all too well um, and we have been challenged in this area both of us have been challenged in this area um, I've been more challenged in this um, of, of making sure that I keep this um, vow so how I want to start this is I was listening to the Breakfast Club this morning. It's interesting. There's a um a um I guess we can call it Miss America, but not Miss America, but like uh, this new uh, oh, yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was one it was one lady that it was Miss uh, Venezuela or something like that. But what happened was um you talk about a beautiful woman. In their 20s, 30s, or something like that, whatever. Married to a husband, eight years. They married eight years. So what happens is she takes some medication. They didn't agree with her spirit. They didn't agree with the spirit. They didn't agree with her body. And now she is paralyzed oh, from wow. the legs down. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the caveat to this. It's not a permanent situation is a temporary situation but with therapy she could be able to get things back going and whatever this and that and this just happened on today on the breakfast club and but the husband said i'm tired of this wheelchair and it's it's divorcing him because she's in a wheelchair he has to take he has to take care of her and different things and whatever we're talking about an absolute beautiful woman from head to toe but she has this paralysis that is only temporary. It's not permanent. That can be fixed with, with you know, with time and with um, uh, rehab and with um, you know therapy and physical therapy and whatever this and that. She's just going to have to go through it. But he left her, and he's divorcing her because she's not the person that he married and whatever. So. Um, they had left the, the, um, the question up to the audience. And one of the ladies um, said on there, which was really interesting, um, she said, if I was going, if I was to go through that, I would not, I would think it would be unfair for my husband to have to um, treat me like a patient where he would have to do this, he would have to do that, he would carry me, he would take me to the bathroom or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But she said, I think it would be unfair or whatever. So um, DJ MB asked her, he said, well, what if the, what if the, the situations were re- like reversed? Like, w- w- like you wouldn't want your husband to be there for you? She said, yeah, I would want him to be there for me. But at the same time, I would not, you know, I would think it's unfair for him to have to take care of me and whatever this and that. So I was driving, I was listening to this, and I was like, wow. Like, 
my question is to that is why did you take the vow in the first place? Why did you take the vow in the first place? But this guy that is divorcing his wife over temporary paralysis, not a permanent, but temporary paralysis, I think that is so beautiful. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy because I think about, um, well, first of all, let me say, I understand why she said that yeah. because I felt that way. So as some of you know, my testimony, I was diagnosed with a rare form of breast cancer at, cancer at the age of 26, um, only after five years of being married, married yeah. five yeah, years, five years, three yeah. kids, you yeah. know, so we were in the beginning of our marriage. We were in the prime of our marriage. I mean, we were still on fire, <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. and now all of a sudden here we go. And so, you know, through that process, I had to have a bilateral mastectomy, which means I had to have both of my breasts replaced. And so I understand how she felt in that I didn't want you to have to take care of me, you know, like that. Yes, we made the vow, but I didn't want you to have to do that, especially not so soon, you know, especially not so soon. But what I've come to realize over the years is that it's not that. I didn't really want you to take care of me. I didn't think I was worth being taken care of. Mm. What do you mean by that? So my, even though myself, myself, even though like I'm a very, I'm a social butterfly, as somebody called me, social butterfly. I'll talk to anybody. Like we've been best friends since third grade, right? Mm -hmm. But within myself, I did not love myself enough. To believe I was worthy of you caring for me in that way. Wow. And it took me a long time to realize that. Because of all the different things I went through in my childhood with men and boys and different things and the poor relationships I had. Mm -hmm. You know, in my childhood, I really didn't trust men per se. I really didn't trust them. You know, I loved you. Mm -hmm. But I had no reason to believe that you would be there. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I wanted you to, mm -hmm. but it was easier to tell myself, oh, he's just going to leave me. So that when it happened, I didn't have to be mm -hmm. let down. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. and, but like I said, it took me years to, to realize that I didn't love myself enough to think that I was worthy of you taking care of me. Wow. And I wasn't thinking of that at all. Um, I just it was just intuitive in me. It was just like like it like almost like intuition in me that when I don't know if that's the right word, but um but it when it happened I was like, okay, I gotta snap into into taking care of the situation. Like I gotta I gotta I gotta snap in, I gotta snap snap right into it. Like it Here's wasn't it was never yeah, it was never mm -hmm. a thing where I was like I'm too young. I never thought about that. I, I'm too young to be going through this and, and this and that, blah, 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 blah. This is too much and this and that, blah, 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 blah. It was never a thought that came to my mind um, 
of any of that sort. It was a thing of, okay, what do I have to do? Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta clean, I gotta cook, I gotta do. And the great thing about me is that I was already doing those things. Yeah. Yeah, we share. Yeah, we share domestic responsibilities. So I was already doing that stuff. So it was not a thing where I had to learn how to cook. Yeah, I had to exactly. learn how to do dishes. I had to learn how to Sit do laundry. Yeah, that because I mean, I, I came up in the household like you could, everybody cooked. Everybody cooked. Everybody cooked. Everybody knew how to do dishes. Everybody knew how to do laundry. Everybody knew how to do this and, and whatever. You know, um, especially, you know, the house that I grew up in with my, my aunt and uncle and my mom and pop. That's why I call them my mom and pop. They really taught me, uh, she really taught me how to, you know, how to really cook and different things and whatever. My maternal mother, you know, she she taught me how to cook also. Like, I knew how to do laundry at, the, like, the age of seven. Like, going to the laundromat. Like, I knew how to do that stuff and whatever. I had to take care of my mother because she was so sick. So I already knew how to be able to do these things and whatever. So when the sickness happened, I'm like, okay, I got to step into the role. Now, the only thing that I could not do <coughs> was to do the girl's hair. Now, that was just crazy. You did okay. No, I did not. I did my I, best I, to teach I, you. I thought I did, at the time, I thought I did okay. And, I, you know, I did the girl's hair. And I put the ponytails in. And one you ponytail tried. was one ponytail was back here, the other ponytail was up in front like that. And they were crying on the way to school. <laughs> oh my god, they were crying on the way to but school. At least you attempted. I attempted. Yeah. I attempted. And when I when I, I, I one day I took them to school and they were crying so bad I had to go to the office um for something I decided for something. And the lady it was a black lady at the office, she said, Hey, what's what was wrong with them? I said, It's the hair. I said, I couldn't get it right. She was like, where's their mother? I said, she's really sick right now. And she was like, really? I said, yes, she's got cancer and different things. She's like, I know. She was like, listen, uh, wow. She was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. She said, you know, bring me hair grease, bring me spray bottle, bring me comb, bring <laughs> yeah. me this and that, blah, blah, blah. Bring them to the office. Don't tell nobody. Bring them to the office. I'll take them in the room, do their hair real quick, and blah, blah, blah. blah. And she really helped me out. That was the only thing that I could not do. Everything else I, I could do. Like that was my point was there was never ever and I'm not saying I'm a perfect man. That's not I've had I had some really bad days emotionally yeah. on the just the weight of everything on my shoulders. So but but there was never ever a time where I said I should not be doing this. Never, because when I stood before God, and when I stood before your father, and I stood before <laughs> yeah, that, that congregation, <laughs> and I stood before the congregation, I vowed that this was something that I was going to do. Like, I really took my vows very seriously, and I still do doubt. I really take them very seriously, and this part really challenged us. Like I said, I had some good days, I had some bad days. But there was never, ever, ever a thought of, oh, well, you know, you're not gonna be able to do this anymore, or you know, you don't look, you don't look the same anymore, mm -hmm. or you know, you're losing your hair and different things or whatever. Oh, you're not gonna be pretty no more, and, and different things or 
by yourself with three kids and just go do what I do and go start another family or whatever. Well, that was well, never a thought in my head. Well, honey, you are the exception. I am. I know. <laughs> I know. Rule. I know. Because so many people do walk away. And one of the one of the problems and one of the reasons that they walk away is because they are still rooted and grounded in selfishness. Yeah, absolutely. Selfishness. Absolutely. Or you got married to the idea of marriage and yeah. not really the reality. Yeah. Because, you know, people marry it. People marry an image. Mm -hmm. That's why they love weddings. Yeah. That's why they love weddings. The wedding day is like the boom. Like it's the big thing. But it's after their wedding. It's the day after that really, you know, if the challenges in your life are going to happen and whatever. But people marry the idea of the perfect wife, the perfect husband. You know, you're going to stay fine all that, the whole life. Nothing's going to be sagging and different things or whatever. And that's what leads to, you know, BDLs and, and, and B, uh, BBLs and BBL. BBLs and, and lip fillers and different yeah. things and whatever this and that because you're still trying to chase that younger you. You're trying to stay that younger you. And most of the time, it's for your husband. It's, it's really for him yeah. so that he can be able to, you know, be able to look at something. Now, now men are turned on by what they see mm -hmm. and whatever. I still don't think even, even in growing and um, even in getting older, I think women still should do something to enlighten their husband. I, 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 I you know, and same thing for men yeah. and whatever. But I think people marry the, they, they get married to this image of it's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to have lots of money. I'm going to be driving a Tesla. We're going to leave you in the house. Yeah. I'm going to have a Range Rover. I'm going to have this and this and that, blah, 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 blah. And they just marry this image. And then when you really get into this marriage, like, like the gentleman and the lady did, and this was something that wasn't her fault. Yeah. It was a medication that she took, and it just took the paralysis, took, took her, well, what's the name? It, it happens. It's life. Sickness happens, even if it's the common cold. Now, don't get me wrong. We're talking about extremes, right? Yeah. We're extremes. talking about the extreme, the perfect, paralyzed, the extremes of me, you know, having cancer. But it, it doesn't matter what it is, any kind of sickness. You know, it could be a mental sickness. It could be a mental chemical imbalance. Yeah. You know, but when people are still rooted and grounded in selfishness, it was like, I love you until I don't. I love you to like to to this level, you can't go beyond that level. Like I'm defining, people put a definition and people put a limit on love. Mm. You know they mm. they really don't. But it's know really love. That's I was gonna get there. They put a limit on their kind of love, mm -hmm. but that's not real love. Real love is the kind of love that. Like, that we have, and I'm so glad we have it, that even though, you know, there were times where you literally had to carry me to the bathroom. Absolutely. Like, I couldn't walk. He had to carry me to the bathroom. He had to pull down my underwear. He had to put me in the pillow, wipe my butt after I had a DM. 
you know, and all that stuff, it still carried me back to bed. You know, there were months and months and months because of my sensitivity to the chemotherapy and to the other drugs that I was on, that it even hurt for you to even touch me. Yeah, so because were, because people what people don't understand, it's not the cancer that's making you sick. Yes. It's, it's not the cancer that's making you sick. Oh, Jesus. It's the medication and yes. the chemo and the radiations that's, yes. that's making yes. you sick. So a lot of times when, you know, when people, you know, think about, um, you know, uh, oh, she got cancer or, you know, or he got cancer or whatever, it's really the medication that just really drives you. And that's supposed to be the stuff. It's supposed to help you. It's supposed yeah, to help you. It, but but it, it has so many side effects yeah. that come with it yeah. and whatever. So. But yeah, man, there was never ever a thought of I need to leave, and then you then you got um, cancer again, yeah. the second time, um, and still there was never a thought of I need to go. And now the, the kids are grown; yeah. they, they they ain't even living here anymore. Um, and so this one we kind of dealt with on on our own without the children, um, but. It was never, ever a time where I was like, oh, I'm leaving. Um, now, did I feel burdened? Yes. Did I feel weighted? Absolutely. Um, because I was, you know, working, working jobs. Yeah. Playing, you know, trying to do this and trying to do that. And then coming home, having to cook, having to clean, having to do what it and is. And they care for me on top of it. And they care for you on top of it. That's a burden. On, on men, um, and on if, if vice versa is a burden on, on both, but it has to be to it has to be a thing where it is never a question. It's never ever a question of should I leave? Um, this is too much for me. You know, I need to go. You know, I need to go get my mental health together. No, 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 no. no. This is. Yeah, you have to work on your mental health. Mm -hmm. But you made a vow. What? Why do you think men leave? Why do you think men leave? Like if, when, if, the, if, if the woman is away, sick, if the wife is, if the wife is sick. sick. Why do men leave? Why do they? Because they married the image. They didn't marry you. They married the image of you, and the moment that you don't look like that image is just like if you wasn't sick and you just got big all of a sudden mm -hmm. you've seen that too yeah, you know yeah. of, of, of women that have gotten you know big um, you know ate too much or whatever you know let their cells kind of go and whatever this and that and the man just couldn't take it like yeah. like I, I had, had this I had these at the order they may not necessarily have any babies either I mean I, I had this image in my head and this is what I want to for you to be able to look like at all times. Now you've gotten bigger, or whatever this and that, or you know, um, you know, um, your, your, your hair's not right, or whatever this and that. You just leave. Um, it's because they married the image; they didn't actually marry you. And the same thing happens with uh, vice versa. There's a lot of women that leave their men because for 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 whatever reason. He has gotten bigger, or is a big thing. He can't sexually satisfy you. Mm -hmm. That's a big. That, that's a huge thing for for, mm -hmm. for men. You know, filled with ED. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, especially with, 
Yeah. I was going to say exactly because we, you know, we dealt with it. We dealt with um, not EB, but we dealt with you not being able to physically touch me. Absolutely. You know, and us not be able to have that intimacy. Yeah. For months on end while I was going through Absolutely. treatment and so forth and so on. Absolutely. You know, um, Absolutely. but I think one of the great things about you is that I was able to be open and honest and we were able to have those conversations. Absolutely. So that's why communication is important. Communication. We talked about that in the first episode when we started talking about the battle. Yeah, absolutely. How important that communication is. You know, yeah. I was able to say to you, you know, I want to be intimate with you, but it hurts. You know, and then in turn, you were able to say to me, okay, well, you know what, can we do something? Okay, let's or, negotiate. Or there were times where I said, we we, no, we didn't do anything. Well, true, true. Well, that was most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. I was just like, like, no. Right, you know, but again, I was just like, I'm not, I know, see, women, we want it, but men, you need it. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. so I knew that, and I was, I didn't want you to have to suffer, Absolutely. you know, with that. So it's like, okay, let's negotiate. What can we do? Okay, well, if it hurts in this position, let's try that position, you know. And, and I think that even deepened our love and our vows even more because it made it special, you know, yeah. even more special when we were intimate knowing that I was sacrificing my body for you and mm. you were sacrificing your body for me because it always wasn't the case where you needed it. It was the case where I needed it, mm-hmm. you know. I, I need to feel that intimacy because... You know, like, my body is, like, like <laughs> society tells a woman that her body and her breast and her butt and her hips determine her hair, determines her wealth, her status, how beautiful she is, how much she's loved and adored by people, right? And so here I am now, 26 years old, having to have my breast removed, the very thing that society says makes me a woman. I'm now having to have that removed through no fault of my own. I, I had to do that to save my life. So I couldn't have the body that I wanted and the life that I wanted. It was one or the other. And I had to make a choice. And I chose to live. I chose to remove my breast to live. You know, and I remember, you know, dealing with that psychologically. As a woman, I was tore up. I was all over the place emotionally, you know, and there were even some moments where I didn't want to be intimate because I felt ashamed that I didn't have my breast there, you know, mm-hmm. because I knew, you know, that men like that. They like to feel on you and different things like that. And I felt like I'm damaged. I'm broken. I'm used goods. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worth it, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, you really had to have that talk with me to say, no, I love you. Not the breast. I mm. love you. You know? Mm. And it was hard for me to accept. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a, it, it's one, it seems like it's one situation or the other. Either the man doesn't say it, he doesn't express it, or the woman doesn't know how to receive it. But either way, that is a real issue. You know, sometimes it's the man. He doesn't know how to express to the woman. Absolutely. You know, that he loves, that he didn't marry her her body that mm-hmm. he loved her for her mind and for her emotions and for what they created together you know at some point we've got to go beyond what's on the paper right. right you know and get to what's down on the inside what's truly in our heart absolutely absolutely you know and that, that again that's what what happens when you marry too much of a binary person mm-hmm. you know um i married a 
person American. All of you, not some of you, American. All of you, American. All of your baggage, American. All of your emotions, American. All of that, and vice versa. So, about I didn't marry the image of you. Yes, you know, um, were and are a beautiful woman. Um, you know, you everything that I absolutely wanted, but I didn't marry the image. You know, that that's what. When, when I first saw you, it wasn't the it wasn't the image of you that I saw. Going back to our how how we met was, you know, we were in chorus. It was the first day of school, and you came from the risers all the way on the top. In seventh grade, came all the way down. I had dropped song sheet sheet music. You came, you saw it. I didn't know it. You saw it, came all the way down from the top, came all the way down, grabbed the what's the name and gave it to me. I will never ever get that image out of my head. Not not what you look like, because that was the first time I ever seen you. It wasn't that but it wasn't that I was attracted to your looks. I was attracted to your service. Mm. Well, isn't that what marriage is supposed to be? Us serving each other? But a lot of times we're not we're not attracted to that. We're attracted to the image. Now you was everything that I that that I that I, that I like. You know, I like chocolate women, I like women with big lips, big butt. Doesn't matter what the, the size of the breast is, that's what I like. But I was attracted to you coming from all the way down there. I didn't know what was going on. Coming all the way down there, and you um, grabbed that paper and um, and gave it to me, and say, "Hey, you dropped this." I would never, ever again. I would never ever get that image out of my head because that's when I was like, "That's why I said to you, I'm gonna marry you." <laughs> Not because, and I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but at the age of thirteen, and I was I was thirteen when that happened. At the age of 13, I already knew what I wanted. I needed somebody to be able to do stuff like that for me. I was attracted to your service that you would come, that you would literally stop whatever you're doing. Like you could have looked at me and, and went <laughs> on about your business, but you came all the way down. And, and here's the thing about that, about you, you have not stopped coming from the risers to come down to see about me. I'm not trying to. I'm telling you, you have not stopped that. You still come, you can be, I don't care how high you are, how educated you are, how uh, anointed you are you are not so high that you can't come from the risers to come down and see about me and that's what I was attracted to and that's what I'm still attracted to that you were willing to do something like that for me I gotta be willing to do something for you I gotta be willing so if, if you came down for me, I can be able to come down for you. 
I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling the truth. I'm that I can't get that out of my head. The reason why I can't get that out of my head is because you keep doing it. You keep coming down for me. That's marriage. Now, have you ever have you been perfect? Have I been perfect? But no matter how things have gotten, how bad it has gotten, you have not stopped what you were doing and come down to see God. You keep picking up that paper. You keep serving me. So why would I stop serving you? Now you were up here. Now you're down here. I gotta serve you while you're down. I gotta serve you. So that's what I had in my head. You know, when you were going, you know, you're going through cancer. Twice. I can't leave somebody <laughs> that keeps coming down to see about me. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. That's that's not right. A lot of men smuggled in this area because they keep marrying images and and they're forcing women to look like a certain image in order for them to be attractive. You know, you got celebrities out there that look absolutely 100% ridiculous. Like the state. Challenged. Challenged. For what? When there was nothing wrong with you. You first came out and you said, Beautiful woman. Absolutely gorgeous. Everybody, when you get older, everybody goes through flaws. Things don't, don't, things don't hang like they used to. You know, it's going to happen. Life is going to happen to everybody. And it's okay to be able to say, hey, you know, you know, um, you, you done got a little bigger, but hey, still mine. Hey, you, you know, this and that, you still mind. Oh, you know, hey, you're struggling with ED, but there's something else you can do. This like you have like these things are going to happen. That leads us into love. To love and to cherish. Because that is love. That is cherish. But before we even get there, I think there's one more aspect of sickness and health we have to talk about because we haven't even really touched on mental sickness we have not touched on self-esteem oh absolutely we haven't touched on that inner sickness and so the inner sickness that we get you know through self-esteem and through i mean through low Mm self-esteem so forth and so on keeps us so sick on the inside that we become sick on the outside you know 
And so we have to find a way to, to heal ourselves inside, heal our souls. You know, and that, I mean, yeah, people find all kinds of ways to do that. My way of doing that was getting into the Word of God and really realizing and believing. And it wasn't even realizing, it was believing that I was who God said I was. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I heard it a million times. Yeah, absolutely. But I had to believe it. Absolutely. You know? And then once I believed it, once I believed it, then it allowed me to realize that I was worthy of his love. Mm-hmm. I was worthy of him serving me now while I'm mm-hmm. sick, you know? And I remember early in our marriage, you know, us having problems and I was sharing with my, my sisters and you know, my friends, different ones, who I would talk to. And they would say, oh, you shouldn't put up with that. You shouldn't do this. And, you know, they would tell me all the things that you were you know, and after almost losing him, I realized not only were you everything I wanted, but you were everything I needed. And so now looking back over the past 22 years, I can say that even though I had you and I was holding you, I didn't cherish you, but now I do. But it took us getting through, better or worse, mm-hmm. richer or poor, and sickness and health. And now I believe we're at a sweet spot in our marriage mm-hmm. that no matter what happens, yeah. Yeah. I'm holding you. Absolutely. And you holding me. Absolutely. No matter how much money we have, yeah. I'm holding you. And you yeah. holding me, you know? When I was too sick to work, you picked up extra job and you picked up extra gigs and you held it down, you know, while I couldn't work. Now I'm at the point where I'm a little bit healthier, mm-hmm. you know, and I can work. So now I'm helping to contribute. I'm being that helpmate yeah. and helping to contribute, not because I have to, but because I want to. Because you've told me on several occasions, you don't have to work. You don't have to work. And it's not that you weren't making enough money to take care of everything, you know, because you were. It was just taking a little longer, but you absolutely were. But I loved you enough, you know, to help you carry that burden and the burden and responsibility of us. Now, I know I'll never know what it truly feels like to carry that burden because I'm not a man. I'm not the head of the household, so I'll never understand, you know, the full weight of that burden. But I loved you enough to hold you and cherish you. Yeah. You know? Um, two things that came to my head. Those same people that were saying you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. I think I have, the same people, I think I've gained in experience. Oh, absolutely. One, uh, one person... I would say their mindset is such oh, that no nobody is yeah. ever good enough. Yeah, nobody's ever good enough. Absolutely. But the other ones, oh, absolutely. And oh, the, absolutely. And, but, but the reason why, the reason why I gained respect is because of the statement. Yes. 
fulfilled my vow. Yeah. And because you know, because that was the thing. Not to win this, he's not to win this, he's not to win that. But one of them, when it really got down to when it got down bad, <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. So, you know, so I was just thinking about that. You know how a lot of times saying you have to be careful about making sure that you're not that you're listening to the sound advice. Now when you was getting when you was talking about the mental health and the word saying that the word of God uh, really helped you. And I think that is very important. I think the word of God is uh, the tool to be able to change the way you think. But then I'm also going to say this because I Jesus is enough. He's enough. God is enough. You know, the Bible is enough. But then I also think that God has given us wisdom for people that have wisdom, uh, that have counsel. Oh, yeah. Right? There's wisdom. The Bible says there's wisdom in counsel. And amounts to a counsel. So, counseling, personal counseling helps. Oh, and a prescription. And prescription. And prescription. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be prescription. Yeah. yeah. It's the counseling of being able to sit on somebody's couch or sit on somebody's chair or sit on somebody's Zoom and be able to, to from a licensed yes. um, professional yeah. that can be able to counsel you through the rough times of counsel you through the rough oh, yes. um, valleys and different oh, things. Yes. Now, and now we had personal counseling. And then we also had together counseling yes. also at the yes. same time, which helped us, which, which, you know, which helped a lot also yes. because you were talking about mental, um, yes, yes. mental sickness. Yeah, that happens in marriage all the time, all the time, because, you know, some certain things happen or a lot of times the spouse will spill off stuff and, and now you get into some, some verbal abuse and mm-hmm. different things that those things do happen. Um, and, you're going to need some type of help in that, you know, to kind of navigate mm-hmm. through it. So I think that makes it a lot better to be able to help in, you know, when you're going through these, uh, um, to, you know, better for worse, rich or poor, sickness and health, you know, uh, to love and to cherish, to that do your part. Like, it, it, counseling does help. It does help when somebody's able to come. And be able to help you through those rough times and those rough patches. Absolutely, and, and I am not ashamed to say that I needed a prescription. Because, uh, absolutely, because, absolutely. You know, we absolutely. found out later on that I have a chemical imbalance, which yeah, which throws me off. Absolutely. You know, and when I was not on that medication, I wasn't stable in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not because I didn't want to be. You know, but we had people in the church telling us, "Oh, well, if you have faith." You know, you don't don't take them prescriptions. You don't trust yeah, God. Trust, trust Jesus, God. Trust Jesus. Yeah, and and, and oh, if you read your Bible. Yeah, your faith is enough. No, my faith was enough, but I needed faith and a prescription. Absolutely. I needed faith. And I needed prayer, and, and I needed a prescription. And, a prescription. and, you know, and counseling. And counseling. Okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I needed my partner. Absolutely. I needed you. Absolutely. I need. To, I needed to be able to have those conversations with you. I needed to, because, you know, I remember before we really started talking about, before I really, you know, started talking to you about my feelings and about my mental health and that aspect, 
you know, I was ashamed of it. So I was hiding it. I didn't want to, well, first I didn't recognize it at first. I didn't recognize it. And then once I did recognize it, I was ashamed because I felt like, you know, that by that point I was a minister. I was a licensed minister. And, and I felt like, you know, oh, I shouldn't be having these struggles. And I'm a licensed minister and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, went on, you know, to become ordained and all that stuff and felt like that I shouldn't should be having these struggles, but that's just not realistic. No, it's not. It's you not. know, because we as human beings, we deal with a lot. And just because we are called, you know, to be examples and leaders in the church and spiritual help you know, called to be spiritual leaders to other people, it doesn't mean that we don't also struggle. So how can we help other people? You know, and then we ourselves is still sick, you know, so we have to take care of ourselves because if we don't, you know, the saying is, if you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on the people that didn't hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, the, the, you know, this council, um, the wisdom in the council, multitude council, we have to be able to sit down with somebody licensed sit down with somebody and we talk about these things and the last part is we, we dealt with um, sickness and health which is a problem to church it's a problem to death it's a problem to someone um, just take one thing from that because if you're just going if you're getting married This is a life time. Now, things do happen. Situations do happen. People do divorce. But at the same time, when you're coming into a marriage, you have to come into the mindset this person. No need to ever, ever get in a marriage. Ever get in a marriage, and you don't make that commitment and say, "This is it. This is what's going to happen." If, if, if you're not, if you're not going to make that commitment, just don't even do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already got your exit strategy worked out. If you already got, yeah, yeah if you already <laughs> got your exit strategy worked yeah. out. Then don't even, just, just don't even do it. Like just. You know, and that's one of the reasons why it had you have to be careful with the person that you marry. You have to know. You gotta be you gotta be real careful. You know, because things are gonna happen and it's going to you know, it's gonna change your mind about a lot of things or whatever. Things will it's gonna happen and you always you're gonna have that mindset of saying, Oh man, I need I, I need to get out of this yeah. I, mean, I, I you know, I ain't beat for all this and this and that, blah blah blah, well, you know. telling you or advising you 
to stay in an unhealthy and a dangerous relationship. Nah, absolutely. We're not saying that That's at all. That's not what we're saying. Not saying that at all. That is not what we're saying. But the purpose of being married is to have this lifelong commitment. Absolutely. This lifelong service to one another. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to outlove you. Absolutely. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to love you more than you love me. Absolutely. And when you have a relationship like that where both, both people are trying to outlove and outserve the other one, yep. you know, then it's not based in selfishness. It's not based in, you know, the look of being married. It's not mm-hmm. based on the idea of being married, but it's based on, you know, yes, it's based on those vows and it's based on a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, that you mm-hmm. make to God and to the other person. Yeah, I took that serious. I took yeah. that serious that there are there there are two people that I made a commitment to, or three, three people I made a commitment to. Uh, it's God, it's infinite, it's just omnipresent, it's omniscient, omniscient. It's God. Yeah. God of the universe. I made that commitment to Him first. Yeah. Secondly, to you, I made the commitment that I'm going to stay for the rest of my life. This is what I'm going to do. This is how, no matter what it is, I'm going to do. But then there's another person that a lot of times in the society that we're living in that we do not cherish. Was your father. See, a lot of times we smash these girls and we don't think that they got the, they got they got a dad. Yeah, yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, no, they, they, like they, no, they, they got a daddy and whatever the snack. You smash just something that's not even yours. Yeah. That don't even that, that don't belong to you. Yeah. It's it, it and not to say that you belong to your, to your father. No, what it is is like he was the head. Yeah, I did belong you. to him. Yeah. He was ahead of you, and whatever you know, he was. He it, it was he was the person that was in charge of who you are and with your destiny and different things and whatever. So when I made my vow to you and to God, I also made my vow to your father and said, "This is what I was going to do." Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not I'm never going to not be there for you, even in sickness, if, if, uh, even in sickness and. Poverty, whatever we're going to go through, I'm just not going to just throw you out there, you know, for your father to take care of. No, I'm not going to do that. And no. I asked him. I asked him for him. Now, that's a lost art, and I get it. No, it's a lost <laughs> art. It's, it's a lost art, and I, I definitely get it because, when, you know, with gener- you know, generations, they, they veer off from different traditions and different things or whatever. But I do that. I do think that there is an importance of that because the father was the one that took care of you yeah. and got you to where you are. It's only but right that I would ask him yeah. for your hand in marriage. Exactly. You know, and um, that was very special. And I think he he honored that oh, he from 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 me. He honored that. that. He honored Honey, that. you you you. I can't tell you how happy he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. When yeah. he announced that at yeah, family yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, 
that you had asked for my hand in marriage. Yeah. He was ready to marry us right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. like, forget the license. Let me marry y'all right now. Absolutely. You know, because he understood, he understood as a man, you approaching him in that way and making that commitment to him as my father mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you were not going to go back on your word. And Absolutely. that is a lost art. That's a lost art. And yeah. I still haven't gone back on my word. No, you haven't. And so, you know, so that is it's, it's a life tie. It's a lifelong commitment that you make to each other. And so those are the vows. Yeah. You either take it seriously or you don't. Yeah. That's, that's what we're saying. And sometimes we have to grow into the vows. Because I had to grow. Yeah, I had to grow. Yeah, you, you know? have to grow. When we first got married, you know, yes, I I, I, I loved you and I meant everything I said at that ceremony. Mm -hmm. But as life was life, <laughs> you know, there was a couple of times that I tried to change my mind. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But then as life kept like this, I had to realize, like I said before, that not despite the opinions of other people, not only were you everything I ever wanted, you're the only thing I ever needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same and vice versa. Vice versa. So, again, you're either going to take this information and make your life, make your marriage better, or you, you know, because um, again, we're living in a different time. Um, you know, uh, there's so many marriages that are just not good. There's so much adultery going on and different things and whatever. And yeah, things happen. Um, but you know, don't, don't, don't get before people and get before God and get before parents and, and all of that, you know, and, and, and not take care and not, you know, um, what's the word? Fill your vows. Fill your vows. Yeah, it's it's important, and you can make it that from anything. Oh, absolutely! If you want to, if you really want to, if you really if, want no to, no matter what it is, you really can make to. it that if you want to. But and I do I do think that we in this you have to put safeguards up. Oh, absolutely! In your life, you have to put safeguards up in your marriage mm -hmm. because you are going to get challenged. Yeah. In at least two of these areas, at least two, you're going to get challenged in this, and so you really have to make sure that you, you know, um, keep it together, and 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 know that you made this vow, and then you always have to keep in mind, okay, what do I have to do in order to not let's not put the force there, let's not put this there, let's put what what do we have to do to make this right. What do we got to do? You know, and so that's the vows. These are the vows. These are the vows. So, um, listen, um, that concludes the, this series on the on the vows. I, um, I, I think we, both of us, I think we hope that it did help in some type of um, area in your life. Uh, we're not doing this just to be doing it. We're not doing this for money. We're not doing this for likes. We're not doing yes, this for yeah. subscriptions. Even though we need them, even though we like, we need the thumbs up. We need the likes. We need all of those things. We need all of those things. But that's not the motive of why we're doing this, you know. Um, and and we, 
because we really want to be able to help other people because we've been through hell and back. And if one one mount can make it, if just one, one then, mount, it'll be, be fine. It'll be fine. Then it was worth. It was worth. It was worth. It was worth the hell that we went through, yeah. and it was worth doing this and, and editing and different things that we have to do and lighting and and whatever this and that. Like it's just it's it's so that people we can be able to help somebody. So. If you need something, uh, if you have a topic that you want us to cover, uh, the uh, email address is right there on the screen at this time. Um, if you, you know, comment down below. Again, we're on all types of platforms. We're on all uh, podcasts and different things. We're on YouTube, Facebook. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Contact us and let us know that you're, that you're watching. Let us know that something did help in this. Because I, I listen, this helped us, and I'm pretty sure it would be able to help you in your marriage. And um, so I don't know what we're going to be talking about next time that we come around, but I know it's going to be good. So you definitely want to kind of tune in to what is getting ready to happen on our next episode because it's going to be good. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you, it's going to be. Good. And he keeps his vows. Um. I keep my vows. <laughs> I keep my vows. Well, we thank you so much for joining oh, us. Right. Oh, don't you start with that one. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us tonight. And remember to bring your problems to the wall. The blue wall. The blue wall. <laughs> that wall right there. Don't bring them nowhere else. Right? <laughs> break, break all up. Break, that break, part. Break, 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 break. <laughs> so, so stuck to the wall. So stuck to the wall. <laughs> Peace. Love y'all. Good night.